I listen to the diaries because it sparks ideas for new adventures. Whether it is an episode about an epic adventure or a backyard micro-adventure, I start thinking about my next adventure. I'm inspired by the people and their stories to go a little farther and dig a little deeper. If you want to add more spark to your adventurous ideas, consider subscribing to the Diaries Plus today. I'm Crystal, a longtime listener from the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina. Thanks to everyone who has subscribed to the Diaries Plus. It's been awesome, and you're powering the show as we move into the future. If you're interested in subscribing today, there's a link in the show notes. Please join. Now, on to the show. Cord, I think we should start today's episode, just because I love the story, about how you met one of today's guests, how you, get, how you came to know them. So about five years ago now, I moved to Denver from the East Coast after college, and I didn't really know anyone out here. Um, And so that first winter that I was in Colorado, I found a place to Nordic ski, which is my favorite thing to do in the winter, in Boulder. And I headed up there by myself. Um, I parked, I clipped into my bindings, and I started skate skiing around this loop. And after a little while, I passed a couple of guys who were also skate skiing, One was probably in his 60s, and one was younger, and I sort of regretted passing them immediately (laughs) because they quit chatting, and they stuck right on my heels. So, um, (laughs) yeah, so I had to maintain the pace that I'd use to get around these people for the next hour that I was skiing (laughs) because, you know, I couldn't let them pass me back. That would be way too embarrassing. (laughs) Um, and that is the day that I met Gary Lacey who was the guy in his 60s giving me a run for my money on skinny skis and it came to turn out that he was a ski racing maniac and a social legend in the Boulder community and since that day over the last five years he would drag me out on all sorts of hairbrand adventures make me stay up way too late before Alpine starts heckle me into half marathons I hadn't trained for, yank me out of work on a Monday to go mountain biking with him. And he's the kind of person that does that to everybody. Even at 66 years old, he can double pull you into the ground. That's Nordic skiing without using your legs, just your upper body. He can outrun you, outparty you, and make you laugh harder (laughs) than any of your 20 and 30-something friends. I feel like I would like, I would like Gary. You and Gary would be best friends. <laughs> um, He's also got a cool family too, right? He does. Yeah. So through Gary, I got to know his family. Um, his wife is amazing. Her name is Leslie. And they have two kids named Mason and Spencer. They're they're grownups now. Um, and they're an awesome family. They're always gung-ho. They're always outside. And all four of them have this kind of untamed energy about them that is just absolutely unique and infectious. And Gary and Leslie, that couple, they are inseparable. They take all kinds of trips together. They ski together. They bike together. They are so tight that it's actually hard to imagine a time when they didn't even know each other. Yeah. And because it's February and because we're almost on time two weeks (laughs) after Valentine's Day. We thought we'd do a Valentine's Day story. <laughs> not at all you late. Know, not at all late. 
Always on time. (laughs) And what I really like about the story is I think it so often we can see people, partners, couples that, that have been able to find enduring love and they, it just seems like monolithic. It looks like a tree, you know, with all these branches spread out. It seems so complete. It seems so obvious. Like it had just always been that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the incredible thing is that all these things, all these relationships that we hope to have or have, they began as this tiny little seed in a tiny little moment that grows into something a little bit bigger that, you know, could have gone wrong in so many ways. Like it could have gotten stepped on or the weather could have changed, right? Like there's mm-hmm. so many things that a, that a seed has to do to grow into a tree. And there's so many things that, that could maybe not happen or happen differently that wouldn't have resulted in that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so cool, especially in a day and age where it's like sometimes people are expected to have to try to find love by swiping a phone to the right or the left. And to think about that these things take time mm-hmm. and they take effort and they take a little bit of luck. And mm-hmm. I feel like this story just celebrates that. I went over to Gary and Leslie's house last week um, to sit down with them at their kitchen table to just ask them about the story of how they met. I'm Fitzcall. I'm Cordelia Zars. You're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. Gary Lacey grew up in Grand Junction, Colorado, skiing, whitewater kayaking, biking. And after he graduated from the School of Mines in Golden, Gary started working for an engineering firm out of Denver. He was 22. And that first winter, his boss, Ken Wright, invited him on a company ski trip to Steamboat Springs. There's a sign-up sheet, and uh, everybody signed up. And then as, as the date got closer... People start dropping out until I was the last one left. And then I found out the night before he left that Ken Wright, who's the owner of the company's daughter, was also going, which I had no idea. Didn't know he even had a daughter, let alone. I thought she was probably 13 and from Boulder, so she's probably a wacko and all that. And so I tried to drop out, but I didn't. Can you tell the key ingredient as to why everybody dropped out? That's Leslie Lacey chiming in. Uh, it's okay. Uh, because they didn't want to ski, spend a weekend with the boss. He's he's somewhat of a difficult person to to hang out with. But uh, I said, you know, free trip to Steamboat. What, how bad could it be? When I first met her, it's like, well, she's not thirteen. She's <laughs> not not a wacko. Leslie was twenty at the time. Gary says she was pretty easy on the eyes. Gary, Leslie, and her father, Ken, drove the three and a half hours to Steamboat. Actually, I think I drove, and her dad fell instantly asleep in the back seat, so we talked the whole way to Steamboat.
The three of them slept in Ken's company office in Steamboat. They just piled in and rolled out sleeping bags on the floor. The next day, they woke up and hit the slopes, freshly covered in powder. The first run, we took off down this beautiful run with tons of powder. And Leslie and her dad are just flying down the hill, beautiful skiers. And I caught an edge and cartwheeled, lost my skis, <laughs> and uh, finally put everything together. And they both were waiting for me at, at the bottom of the run. <laughs> and they basically said, if you do that again, we're going to dump you and we're going to ski and you can meet up with us later. As they shuffled towards the chairlift, Gary dusted the snow off his jacket and tried to pull himself together. He felt completely starstruck by Leslie's grace on skis. And knowing that his own downhill technique left something to be desired, Gary brainstormed a few other ways to catch her attention. I remember riding the chairlift with her, thought I'm gonna really impress her, so I... Remember he was only 22 at the time. So I thought, there are a couple of things I can do. One of them, I can turn my eyelids inside out. So I tried that on her, and she was not impressed. Probably would have left, except we're on a chairlift. And then the other thing, I told her I could uh, drink a pitcher of beer without using my hands. I can just grab it in my mouth and open it. So wasn't, she wasn't impressed on either of those. <laughs> so I told you I didn't drink beer. Yeah, she said, I don't drink beer. So I was like, well, that didn't work. The turn that eyelids inside out actually wasn't that ineffective because he was just willing to pull out all the stops and just be a silly, fun guy. Frankly, he was kind of the opposite of my dad. Um, and that, yeah, I love my dad, but it was appealing to me that he was sort of full of fun and would was willing to do all kinds of slightly outrageous things. Was there a spark in that first that first trip? Not so much for me, more for Gary, um, partly <laughs> because I knew I was heading off to Europe for eight months, a semester abroad in Vienna. And I still kind of had a boyfriend um, that I was in the process of breaking up with, but I wasn't ready to start a new relationship. And frankly, I just thought he was a lot of fun, but didn't take him too seriously at first. I was very interested in her, <laughs> but I also figured she probably had a boyfriend and then I, I knew she was leaving. But before she left, I invited her up to Aspen to go skiing and stay at my house, which in reality is my parents' house, not my house. But I, that was a minor detail I didn't include. Uh, so we had another great time. We got along great. But after the Aspen trip, as promised, Leslie headed to Vienna for a semester abroad. I wrote a number of letters. This was before the internet or fax machines or anything. And... She didn't respond for a long time. I thought, okay, that's it. And then she responded with this really small writing. So there's tons of information. Cheaper yeah. if you had used really light paper and you know, you didn't want to spend too much on on mail delivery. Yeah. <laughs> so you put everything you can in the smallest the small piece of paper. So you know, so then I, I was like, okay, then I would I thought, well, maybe she is interested. So <laughs> While Leslie was in Vienna, Gary started managing the branch office in Steamboat Springs. 
still working for Leslie's dad, but not in Denver anymore. When Leslie got home from Europe, Gary invited her up for some weekend adventures. He wanted to suss out whether her interest in him was romantic or a hard friend zone situation. He figured a good test of that was to toss her into a river trip on Ruby Horse Thief to Westwater, a section of the Colorado River that runs through some beautiful canyons and hard whitewater. Leslie had never kayaked before. He thought it'd be a good idea for me to kayak through Westwater Canyon, which is very, very technical, you know, scary canyon. And we dawdled most of the day and we were with a couple of friends just, you know, enjoying the beauty of Ruby Horse Thief Canyon and having a long lunch and taking a nap. And I think we entered the canyon around 4 p.m. And so the shadows were long and we didn't have time to scout anything. And he sent me down some of the biggest rapids, Skull Rapid and some of the other rapids below that. And I freaking swam everything. Um, And it was scary. It's no fun to swim in that river. But then, you know, we got to the takeout. I think it was 9 p.m. And we had to drive six hours back to the front range. But we talked for six straight hours in the car. Um, which I think is an indication of getting along really well with someone. So I vividly remember that. Just a great, fun conversation for six hours in the car. Leslie recovered from her dizzying swim in the Colorado, and Gary took it as a great sign that she still wanted to keep hanging out with him after that. So they met up every weekend they could over the next few months. We could do lots of things together from skiing to paddling to uh, hanging out and talking. And uh, so, yeah, I was very attracted to her, but also felt like maybe don't push too hard, let things happen. (laughs) Gary was very fun-loving. He loved people. Um, He had really fun friends. He knew how how to make everything a good time, but he was also super easy to talk with. And so, I just liked him immensely. I just really enjoyed spending time with him. Their adventures and long conversations in the car drew Gary and Leslie closer and closer together over the months. They opened up to each other, confided deep thoughts and worries, laughed until their stomachs hurt, and depended on each other for their safety in the outdoors. Their bond grew very tight. And after a few months, Gary stopped having any doubt that Leslie had feelings for him. I remember I went to School of Mines reunion, I think it was with you. Um, and again, we sat in the car up at the big M above the school <laughs> and, you know, talked and talked. And that might have been the first time that I let him kiss me. So Gary and Leslie started dating. They didn't let on about it to Leslie's parents and try to keep things looking casual so they wouldn't raise any eyebrows from Leslie's dad, who was also Gary's boss. Besides, over that first year of dating, Leslie still harbored some second thoughts. For me at that time, I'm a single guy, just live to kayak and be outdoors and everything. And so I I figured that's about all there is in the world. Just do that. And if you have a girlfriend, great. But the priority is being outside, lots of guys and paddling and racing and, you know, partying and all that stuff. And uh, so 
that that became an issue. I know at some point because I apparently wasn't taking the, that seriously enough. Yeah, literally, Gary was living in Steamboat, and I was living in Boulder, and it's like I didn't exist all week. And then I, you know, see him on the weekend, and we'd have this great time together again. And then literally, he'd put me in a box of some kind and not even, I'm sure he didn't even think about me all week long. And it sort of became an issue the summer that he was training really hard to try to make the U.S. kayak team. I was always there to pick him up when he was done training and cheering him on at the races. And then it's, it just so happened that the U.S. Nationals were in Colorado that year, but it was the same weekend my sister was getting married in Denver. And so I was obviously going to be in her wedding and I couldn't make it to the Nationals. Um, but I had been going to all of his races and been his biggest fan. And he did not call me after he made the team. And so I came to realize as the days went by, I called his mom. I said, how'd it go? And she goes, he made the team. It was so amazing. And I realized that I needed to break up with him because somebody who wouldn't even share that important information with me was not sufficiently um, committed to the relationship. After Gary qualified for the U.S. kayak team, he signed up for a month of pre-Worlds competitions in Europe. And I said, you need to come to Boulder before you go so we can have a conversation. I love coming to Boulder. And I thought we we're going to Boulder, going out, having some drinks, have fun. And so that's my mindset. I had no clue of anything else. I thought everything was great. I'm not sure what, what's wrong with kayaking and training up in Steamboat and, and seeing each other. I thought things were going great. Um, but apparently I didn't have a clue, which is really true. And so he came to Boulder and we went up to the Flagstaff house and had a drink sitting out on the patio. And I laid out all of my, I'd been crying all week because I did love him. He never told me he loved me. We never said that to each other, but I, I did love him. And I just said, described all of his, basically the neglect um, and that he didn't know how to be in a committed relationship and, and that wasn't going to work anymore. I, I would just say it was an eye-opener for me because I'd had a few girlfriends before, but it was like just not nothing too serious. But, I mean, she she did it carefully and politely and everything, but all I remember through the discussion, or at least I was listening, I wasn't, I'm not sure there's a discussion, but uh, I realized she was right, and I realized she was basically saying it to her. And, and it, I guess it took that to, to go, okay, well, I got I to gotta change something if, if we're going to keep going. So that's all I remember. She had some suggestions of how to change, which <laughs> I thought I'd better listen to. And I could literally see a light bulb go off. I'm almost. See a light bulb go <laughs> off over his head. And he's like, you're so right. Gary left for Europe a few days later. There... He found he was missing Leslie quite a lot. He thought about her constantly and reflected on what she'd told him that night in Boulder. He felt determined to prove to her that he'd changed when he returned from Europe. Uh, I think the main thing is realize maybe kayaking isn't the only thing in the world. There's, I mean, there's some other <laughs> things to be And I think have you didn't priorities. do as well as you'd hope to in the race. Yeah, that's true. But we don't have to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I think it, you know, it's getting a little bit older and it's just adjusting priorities, I guess. 
But he was a different person when he came back. He was, you know, completely into the relationship. Um, he told me he loved me for the first time. And he, he figured out how to be a boyfriend. So with a new lease on their relationship, Gary and Leslie poured their hearts into even more time together and settled into a new rhythm of shared life. But as their relationship developed, they had a harder time hiding their love from Leslie's parents, who Gary still worked for. Ultimately, my dad became concerned that it wasn't a good look to have one of his employees dating his daughter. Um, and they could see, both my parents could see that it was getting more serious. Leslie's dad told Leslie's mom, and Leslie's mom told Leslie, and Leslie told me. So by the time it got to me, it was basically, as long as you guys are continue seeing each other, your job's in jeopardy. More after a break. Support for the diaries comes from Ketone IQ. As I've been getting more and more into longer runs and bike rides, I found myself fighting with my mind. As the miles extend, I feel like my reactions get slower and I make more mistakes, like tripping or falling or just kind of feeling slightly out of sync descending on the bike. On those big days, I've been using Ketone IQ to help my brain keep fueled and sharp. I want to have fun, not bonk. Here's the science. Ketones already exist in your body. When you push up against your boundaries, your body begins to convert stored fat into ketones, which your brain prefers consuming. With Ketone IQ, I feed my brain so my muscles can use the glucose I get from whatever else I eat on the trail. Riders of the Tour de France have been taking the same approach. I am definitely not as fast, but I can apply the same thinking. Give it a try. You save 30% off your first subscription order at ketone.com backslash dirtbag diaries. Once again, that's ketone.com backslash dirtbag diaries. The link is in the show notes. Please check it out. Support comes from Kuat Racks. The Piston SR is a single rail bike rack that easily mounts on most roof racks, overlanding utility racks, and truck bed rack systems. The dual ratcheting piston arm grabs your tires and makes no contact with the bike frame. So that's better for your bike, right? Plus, the rack has an all-metal construction, genuine Kashima coat, and integrated cable locks. That translates to being super burly. Kuat has taken their Piston Pro X and elevated it. Find more details at kuat.com. Kuat, because you will absolutely love this rack. This episode of the Dirtbag Diaries is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, we all have different stressors in our lives, and figuring out how to work and grow through them is part of being human. For me, being outside, moving my body, it's always been a critical part of my mental health, and maybe for you too, but there's also been times where no amount of fresh air or exertion would have gotten me through what was weighing me down. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and grow. Talking with a therapist can help you learn how to set boundaries, develop positive coping skills, or manage a difficult life transition. Here's how it works. Go to the website, answer a few questions, and BetterHelp will match you with a licensed therapist. The appointments are all online, so it's convenient to schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com backslash diaries to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash diaries. So... Probably within, I think, 10 minutes of getting that information, called her dad, and 
he answered. And I said, Ken Wright, uh, this is Gary Lacey. He goes, yep. And I said, I hear my job's in jeopardy. And if I keep seeing Lessing, and he's pretty much silent. I said, don't worry about my job's not in jeopardy. I quit and then hung up. And that was the end of my employment there. After that ultimatum came to a head, Leslie moved to Wisconsin to start law school. Gary followed her out there to get his master's degree, and they enjoyed deepening their relationship many miles away from Leslie's parents. Throughout grad school, they got away on as many weekends as they could to paddle, bike, or run. After six months of living together in Madison, Gary and Leslie rode their bikes to Capitol Park to watch fireworks on the 4th of July. In the sparkling glow of fireworks, Gary kneeled on the grass and asked Leslie to marry him. And I think her answer was okay. No, you said you could tell there was a little bit of hesitation, even though I do, I did. But, you know, when somebody asks you, if you haven't that experience, it's a huge question. And so you don't want to be, you know, flippantly answer. And so I was silent. And he goes, you don't have to answer right now. (laughs) To this day, I I didn't remember hearing a yes, but I didn't hear a no. So I thought we're pretty good. (laughs) But after a moment, Leslie did answer, very affirmatively. And we got engaged, and I didn't tell my parents. And my parents found out that we were engaged through Gary's parents, Gary's mom, I believe. I remember the two of them called them to say, isn't it great? They're engaged. And this is after we'd been seeing each other for like three and a half years. And my parents called us to congratulate us. But I think that really had an impact on them that we had kept it secret from them for several weeks because, you know, why tell people that haven't been supportive of your relationship in the first place? But as they prepared for their wedding in 1983, Gary figured they should try to clear the air with Leslie's parents. He hadn't spoken with her father since he'd hung up on him. I think it was a six-page letter I wrote to make sure I'd cover everything, and I think I still have it. So it was at her parents' house in Boulder, and I went through every one. And um, What did the letter say? It described some of the issues that had happened over the course of our relationship that were hurtful or wrong um, on their part, um, just to say this this hurt. And I pretty much said, I I got to say this if if we're going to have any kind of relationship. Plus, and, it's sort of interfering in our yeah. It's like you can't plans and relationships. Yeah, you can't just do these things. Leslie's parents listened and promised to honor the letter. And so, in August 1983, the wedding went off without a hitch. Gary and Leslie got married at the Denver State Capitol building, right under the Golden Dome. After the wedding, they moved to Boulder. Leslie started working at a law firm in Denver and then transitioned to working for the EPA. 
Gary started his own engineering business to help cities remove dams, build bike paths, and create boater parks in their local rivers. In those early years of their marriage, Gary and Leslie took long trips whenever they could, rafting through the Grand Canyon, ski touring in the Collegiates, bike riding through Europe. When their first son came along in 1990, they tossed him right into the fun. That was the beginning of having cool outdoor toys for kids. And so, you know, we got a running stroller, we got a burly, and we started taking Mason out in the burly at a month or two, you know, as long as we had his head fully cushioned and he was in, we strapped a car seat into the, into the burly and he loved it. He'd fall right asleep. We even took him, you know, on some easy mountain biking. Their second son, Spencer, was born in 1992. I'm certainly not the expert, but if I ever taught a class in raising kids, I, all I would say is get them outside, it, just, whatever, get outside, go running we take neighborhood kids running in the hills west of Boulder, and I'd take off five minutes before with, with colored chalk, and then do these chalk runs. Gary would mark trees and rocks with the chalk as he ran. And then they, they started and had to try to catch me, but they had to follow the chalk lines and have diversions. So they'd go off the wrong way. And then, but they ended up just running as hard as they could and not thinking about it versus, oh, let's just run. In addition to running, Gary and Leslie also got their boys into kayaking, Nordic skiing, and mountain biking from a very early age. We were able to do things, the four of us, all the time. No one got left behind because they were the baby. Um, and so the four of us were pretty inseparable throughout their entire growing up. We just had all these adventures locally and all over the world, the four of us. But I feel like the Lacey family tradition that sticks out in my mind the most is this one. When Mason was seven months old, so before we had Spencer, we decided we just had to have a hot tub. And our place here in Boulder is right on Boulder Creek. And we thought, what a perfect place to have a hot tub. And he liked it from the very beginning. We didn't have it super hot. And throughout their growing up, it was pretty much a nightly ritual that after dinner, we would go out and get in the hot tub for an hour to an hour and a half. And as they got older, we had amazing conversations in the hot tub because there were no distractions. There was no, you know, homework, no friends, no whatever there might be in the house. It was just sitting there uninterrupted quality time together every night for about an hour and a half. And I would recommend that to any family um, as far as bonding and just getting to know your kids super, super well. And that continued until they... It's continuing it. Up to through today. Well, so, they're not here anymore. Yeah, so when, when they're they, here, we hot tub together. <laughs> now in their mid 60s, Gary and Leslie just returned from a Nordic ski marathon in Italy, have a ski trip planned with their kids in Tahoe in a few weeks, and are looking forward to another great season of kayaking and mountain biking this summer. When Gary and Leslie think back on their 40-plus years of partnership, they both feel pretty dang grateful they ended up on a chairlift together all those years ago. I mean, I'm 63 now and together with Gary since I was 20. So it's kind of a little bit hard to think of myself not with Gary. I've always been in this partnership with him. So it's who I am. 
I don't want to be on my own. And uh, I have felt like Gary was the perfect partner for me. And we both realized that almost from the outset, um, that it was going to be a good, fun, happy life. We both had the same values. We both had jobs that we enjoyed. And we both thoroughly loved raising our two boys. As far as I'm concerned, personally, I've I feel I'm the luckiest person in the world. So, I mean, between our wife and our family and where we live and our friends and to be physically healthy and to be able to have all these interests and be able to do them, extremely appreciative of my situation. Thank you, Gary and Leslie, for sharing your story. Our stories come from friends, from friends of friends, and from you, our community. If you have a compelling idea for a guest or a story lead, please give us a shout. You can use the submission form on our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. Music today from Ken Christensen, Publish the Quest, Kai Engel, Bradley Carter, Sun Searcher, Cloud9, and Brendan O'Connell. The tracks are courtesy of the artists or free music archive. Jacob Bain and Nice Koto composed our theme song. You can find links to the artists at our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. This episode was produced by me, Cordelia Zars, with additional production help from Ashley Langholtz, Becca Cahal, and Fitz Cahal. Illustration by Walker Cahal and graphics by Anya Miller. Becca Cahal is our executive producer. I'm Cordelia Zars, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Thanks for tuning in.